Welcome to Spread Talk with Pam and John, also known as The Calm, Before the Storm. Our purpose is to elevate the conversation and amplify special education resources. And our why is all about the kids. You know, Pam, there are so many organizations and, and people around Texas who are just making it happen for kids with disabilities. So let's make this a platform to celebrate their efforts because special education is about making the impossible possible. This episode of Spread Talk, we are discussing the reading and writing connection for special education literacy with our colleagues from Region 10 and 13. Today on Spread Talk, we have Thomasina Burkhardt from ESC Region 10, Amanda Betts from ESC 13, and Robert Moreno, also from ESC 13. They're with us today to discuss their project Reading and Writing Connection for Special Education Literacy. What's up, guys? I'm, I, this is kind of exciting to have us all in one room like this, working on, on, on the cool stuff y'all are doing and getting you on SPED Talk. And so, so how's everybody doing? We're excited Good. to be here. Yeah, thank you for having us. Okay. So tell us about your project. Well, first of all, we um, start exploring ways that we can combat the achievement gap that is between our special education students in Texas and our general education students in Texas. Because as we all know that we have a special education strategic plan, um, and in the executive summary, it clearly lays out there is a huge disparity in the performance of our students in special education. So the three of us came together to collaborate in order to connect the reading and writing um, for those special education students, um, really focusing on bridging those gaps um, for those kids in K through eight English language arts inclusion classes. Yeah, I think that's it. That, that sums it pretty, that sums it up pretty well as far as uh, what we wanted to do. You know, we, we were just trying to figure out, you know, uh, how, how can we provide something uh, that, that helps teachers effectively provide and implement IEP accommodations in the classroom, uh, especially in relation to, you know, the reading and writing connection. Um, and also, may, and also, you know, just uh, making it accessible for all those teachers as well, you know. So, yeah, those are some, some of the goals that we really had in mind when we, we started talking about this and planning this project. And there's also, you know, we know that there's a kind of a gap in the knowledge of our special ed teachers when it comes to the writing uh, teaks and the reading teaks. And uh, with the new standards coming out, we thought that what a, what a perfect time to really kind of have this reading and writing connection and really roll this out. So, you know, we thought um, this would just be, you know, a perfect project to work on. And one of the things we really uh, focused on is really researching some of the instructional practices that have the uh, highest effect sizes. Um, just aligning that with our student expectations, those instructional practices, the specific learning disabilities that impact reading performance, as well as the accommodations that are generally provided to students who have disabilities uh, as it relates to reading. That's exciting that y'all are doing this work because I know, um, Amanda, you talked about kind of that gap in knowledge a lot of times between our special education teachers and our general education teachers. And I think that this kind of a tool could really and truly inform both sides of that equation. Um, special educators obviously can, can gain a bunch of knowledge and insight on, on that side of it. But then I think gen ed too, as far as Robert, you mentioned accessibility. 
Right. Um, and weaving those two worlds together. If it if this thing had been done effectively, and, and if, if if we had already solved this problem, I, there wouldn't be a need for this. But I think this is kind of an ongoing need for teachers in the classroom. So this kudos to you guys. Yeah, one of the biggest pieces we wanted to hit are those people who are directly working with the students. This is not something necessarily for administrators. We are trying to figure out what type of resources our LEAs need or what kind of resources do they want. Um, you know, whether they're wanting videos, whether they're wanting um, in-person face-to-face trainings, or if they're wanting webinars, we don't really know what they want. So therefore, we do have a survey we've developed to start gathering some of that information. And so that's going out across the state. Um, and we just really like to get the information um, needed so we can see how to focus our work. Yeah, I mean, getting the feedback from as many people as possible is vital, you know, and we, and we really want it from those teachers who work with these students. Uh, you know, what is the best way for them? We know that teachers don't have a ton of time to delve into the, the research that goes into, you know, high effective, uh, high, high leverage practices. Uh, you know, they don't, under, they don't have the time to necessarily go and research what Hattie is saying about effect size or what Robert Marzano is saying, you know, about high, uh, high impact strategies. So all of those things are, you know, we want to know how can we get that inf information to you in a way that's going to be usable, it's going to be relatable, it's going to be, uh, you know, relatable to the work that you're doing in your the schools and with the students who, are, who need it the most, you know. And that, like you said, like we've all said here, it's something that needs to happen not only for special education teachers, but what happens when the special education teacher or the parallelism in the classroom with the gen right. teacher, yeah. those teachers need to understand what an IEP says what the accommodations are, and what, what, is, what is a disability? What does that mean? What does a specific learning disability mean, and how does it truly impact that student's learning? You know, Because a lot of times those are trainings that gen ed teachers don't get. Where SPED teachers don't get the content knowledge, gen ed teachers don't get the knowledge as to how disabilities impact learning. Yeah. You know, And what they can do, not only for those kids, but if you can embed those strategies just into lesson plans in general, it takes it takes the need away for that sped teacher to always be there yeah. or for the parent to always be there and then and then you go even further than that once you learn how to embed these accommodations for everybody if they impact if they help everybody learn and there are options for everybody on a regular basis it affects the stigmatization that goes along with the student who does have to receive those accommodations because of a 504 plan Absolutely. or an IEP yeah and then also when it comes down to time to truly implementing uh, specially designed instruction that SDI component it allows the teacher the time and you know to go into provide that one-on-one -on -one instruction to the kids who truly need it yeah uh, you know because everybody else's needs are being met automatically because we planned ahead of time we've added accommodations and options for our kids and given them a little bit of control and how they want to learn yeah you know uh, for example my son learns good through watching videos. If there were a video that a teacher could say, Robert, here's your video, to my son whose name is Robert, here's your video, go watch this over there for your time, and come back if you have, my son would watch that video 10 times over yep. and learn exactly what the teacher is talking about. But because it's at his own pace and it's an option for him on a daily basis, uh, he does not fall behind. Yeah. And he's getting what he needs. So. And one, one of the things, we don't always address our small and rural schools, and that's another reason why we're trying to do this statewide because we want to hit those LEAs that don't necessarily have the human 
pieces or the human the additional human resources available yes. to uh, provide that in-class support. So we're really wanting just a, a wide array of information uh, collected from across the state. So what is your time frame for, for the survey? May 24th is our deadline that we want to start receiving information because once we start receiving the information, we can start uh, trying to develop some resources for um, to kind of test out, to experiment with. It gives us an area of reading, of writing, and instructional practices and interfaces to, to start playing with. But one of the things, once we start developing the resources, we need to make sure they're going to be effective for our LEA. So we need to test them out before we're like, oh, this is a done deal. Mm -hmm. I guess then you'll iterate as you go, and you'll be able to look and see the feedback you get from kind of where you're at in the process, and then kind of pivot or persevere. Exactly. Yeah. And because the survey's out there and will be out there for a while, May 24th is the deadline, but we're definitely going to continue feedback, okay. the feedback cycle, and, uh, you know, take as much of that as we can. You know, test scores for the second iteration of Star Test come out like June 3rd or something like that, mm -hmm. so that... Um, that's something that we're going to take into consideration, obviously. Sure. You know, so, Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, you should be receiving um, a survey probably coming through um, the service centers. It'll probably be from, um, you know, it'll go to your SPED directors and your ELAs, um, and then they'll probably push it out to, you know, principals and stuff. And so, you'll probably, so look for that in your emails. <laughs> and also we will have the survey. Yeah, it'll be a yeah, link to this, this podcast. So so we are um, excited to get this out to you guys and looking forward to your feedback. And one of the things, we're looking for feedback from general ed <clears throat> teachers, special ed teachers, regardless if they're in class or resource teachers, as well as the instructional coaches. Because we don't want to leave out our instructional coaches because they're the boots on the ground who are assisting these teachers and making sure they get the professional development and doing the follow-up um, pieces with them that we're not able to provide. So um, that is really our target audience, uh, grades three through eight. Um, surveys start going out yesterday, so some of our LEAs have already started responding to uh, the survey. We're, we're really happy about the responses we started receiving but we do want a lot more responses to make sure it's truly representative of our mm -hmm. state as a whole. Yeah, I know those barriers, those constraints, mm -hmm. those, a lot of times there are, we've got people out in the field working, working, working so hard, and it's not like we, we need them to work harder. It's just a lot of times we need, I think it, I know each of us now work for regional service centers, and so it's how might we better understand the needs of kind of our end users, our teachers, our administrators, even down to the student level, and so it sounds like through this survey, um, what we're looking for really is to get that input and to get that feedback so we can make sure that this resource you're developing really meets the needs across, kind of scaled across the state. Exactly. And one of the things about it, it really depends on the type of interface um, our users need, um, because it may be that if we're cr uh, creating like trainings, face-to-face -face trainings, then that's going to go out through our ESCs to go out to our LEAs. You know, if they're videos or things like that. So we would find a place to house every all of the resources. And we expect to have a, a variety of resources. And those should be available as soon as we just test those out to make sure they're what our LEAs really need. Thomasina, I know another barrier, and this is something that I hear a lot, is, is funding. I mean, like a lot of schools say, hey, you know, I mean, listen, there's all kind of PD out there. But, you know, honestly, we can't afford to keep sending our teachers to everything that's out there. So, you know, I mean, I, so what do you, I mean, is this something that's going to, 
be you know kind of expensive for districts or no and the whole point because we're working on a statewide project as liaisons um, if they're virtual means we'll push those out virtually and that would not be of any cost uh, to any LEA because we are not necessarily going through one service center uh -huh. um, this is part of our statewide funding and so um, if they're face-to-face trainings, you know, we start just pushing those out. Either we would come conduct the trainings or we'd have someone from the service centers conducting the trainings. But this is not additional fees that the LEA should incur by using these resources. That's exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. Since you three have a, a diverse talent, would you be available to assist if a district needed some assistance? If they, if they you know, get the material and they're like, okay, I got it, but I really don't understand how to deliver the information. Yes, we would, as part of our funding, uh, working with liaisons, we are available to anyone across the state. And so as part of the statewide project, um, we're not expecting someone else to just go out there to de deliver the services unless they feel comfortable with doing so. Uh, we would be the first ones if, uh, if the need was there for us to come out to provide those services. You know, just sitting here, I realized, I think my brain put it together. We have regions 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13 sitting right here in this hub of, of, of human capital, if you will, right? And so right down here you know, in the capital you know, in Austin. And so that's kind of cool when you think about it. I mean, I know a few years back when I was still out, is an SSA director for uh, in Central Texas, you know, they, I, I, I was clueless to one thing, how many resources there were across the state. But I think also, like, I kind of figured all the service centers were the same thing. Like, we were just kind of photocopies of each other and everyone did. And I've learned just in my two years of working at the ESC how different and diverse we are. I mean, I guess you should expect that because of the diversity and the humans that are making up these organizations. But how cool is it that we come together like this, and then from this, these types of resources are really kind of starting to work themselves out, because our service centers, each of them all are doing exceptional work on behalf of our schools. Exactly. And now this is just kind of another layer, so that's kind of cool. That's mm, awesome. And one of the things we do um, want to make sure, um, aside from just us, but another avenue how we want to push this out is to create TOTs, or trainer or trainer models. Uh, for people in those regional areas and the campuses and, and instructional coaches or whoever supports those uh, English language arts teachers, we want them to be able to have the capacity in which to provide these services as well. It's not just our service centers or Robert, Amanda, myself. It's, it's really just to empower the, um, the, the campuses themselves and those teachers. So, Thomasina, talk a little more about, like, the standards. I know there are the, the new, uh, is it the ELAR standards that are coming out? And, yes. and so I think uh, a lot of teachers are probably very aware of the fact that there's new, I, I think I've heard them referred to as more spiraled set of standards that TEA is really, or the board, the school, uh, the uh, state board of, of education has really looked at streamlining these teachers in a way or chunking them, or am I describing that right? That is correct. So therefore, um, looking at the vertical alignment, you're going to see that they're going to spiral from year to year. Um, the new standards are set up in a more more of a strand. There are eight strands uh, that would uh, be focused on each year, just the complexity of the vocabulary as well as the text the students would use would be the only thing that varies from year to year. Okay. So it's nothing that, that would be introduced that's brand new to students every year. It's, it's just the complexity and the level of vocabulary that those students would have to go through um, in regards to those topics or those skills. Yeah. So, yes, and 
for K through eight, um, the new TICs will roll out in 2019-2020 school year. High school will roll out the following. And so what is you what is what is y'all's goal as far as this almost is like an accompaniment accompaniment to those new TICs? Basically like how would we spiral and then and then kind of crosswalk those two? Uh, students with disabilities and, and you, because obviously what happens when we get new TEKS, new standards, all that kind of stuff, we're struggling just to get caught up, I think, in the education field to be able to get those out, you know, with fidelity to uh, on, at the campus level. And so is that kind of the goal is that you would have something ready to kind of um, kind of overlay that when these come out? Yes. So what we're really looking at, we've created uh, different documents right now that we've kind of played with in research, connecting the reading TEKS, the writing TEKS, and how the reading is assessed and how the writing is assessed. And just looking at those pieces, so teachers don't always have to duplicate, they can just learn how to unify the reading and writing content. Wow. Because one of the things with our students with uh, learning disabilities, we don't wanna keep on teaching things separately for them. We wanna show them how everything is embedded. Mm -hmm. How what you read, that's more or less the mentor text for how you're gonna write. Mm. And so whenever you're writing, go back to that mentor text. Did I follow these patterns? Am I seeing how, my, how I can continue to increase my skill level with those writing expectations. Now, will this document be available? The document will be available once we get it vetted by the Text Education okay. Agency. Um, everything that we do has uh, has got to be vetted, but we do want uh, user feedback first okay. and go ahead and make those uh, refinements that we need to make, get that information vetted, because one of the things uh, before we start producing anything with reading, writing, uh, reading and writing uh, content information that's just that's not SPED related, we want to make sure we're collaborating also with our reading language arts team here at TEA uh, to make sure we have a consistent language because that's going to be of most importance. I know most of our service centers have been doing the unpacking the TEKS and unpacking the standards across the state. We just want to make sure that anything uh, that we're producing um, is consistent with the message that's been already being sent out to our LEAs. So okay. cool. Yeah, that so, is. Go ahead, Tim. Uh, once you get your survey results, when do you all think the first rollout of training or information is going to be available to the school district? It's just kind of a projected timeline. We want to start getting something out this summer. Right. Okay. But, you know, it really kind of depends on the interface and what they're wanting. Mm -hmm. I mean, because yeah. like I said, the survey will really, the information we get back from the survey is going to really dictate what we start creating. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, the goal would be to, you know, have things in place for, something in place for teachers to really look at when they're starting to look at the planning and, and, and you know, and, and their students that are coming in for this next school year, yeah. you know, what are those things that we can do and have in place yeah. for it? I mean, the baseline information is there for us. I mean, we know what needs to be taught. We, I mean, we have the information itself, how that information is presented. And that's the what format for that, and then having that message that's being sent, you know, uh, a unified same message that TEA once sent out. Those are all things that we need to consider as we move forward with this. Yeah, you know, I think that having that document available or ready, is, you know, in a timely manner is important because as teachers are learning these new, you know, this, this new approach to the standards, what better time than to pair this with it and have them kind of learn this at one time. Right. And then, then not try to retrofit that learning right. uh, at a later date. So I think that's really awesome. Hey, listen, so Pam, I know you get on to me sometimes when I get off in the weeds, but 
I think I'm going to do that real quick because, you know, you realize we got Robert Marino here with us, right? King of accessibility. Hey, hey. You hey know well, not, not just. Uh, there it is right there. He comes with theme music and everything. Know. Where did that come from, you have, a, you have a superstar in the room sometimes. Uh, a no, superstar. <laughs> no, but I just wanted to shout out to your star stuff, you know. The, oh, my goodness. That, that, that thing took off, didn't it? Yeah. Will you talk a little bit about that? Because there's probably people out there that still are maybe right. not as tuned into that. Yeah, and I'm totally joking about the superstar. I'm definitely not the brains or the... The main attraction behind that, the, you know, the star stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah, I like to think I am, but there was a whole team, you know, there's a whole team involved at Region 13 that helped put the star stuff videos together. And, yeah. you know, there's a few other people from Region 13 who helped, who re recorded doing the videos. Um, but it goes back to this whole mode of communication. Uh, you know, what is going to be uh, most engaging for the audience mm -hmm. and for our teachers we talk about engagement, keeping students engaged. Well, as teachers, we're also learners. We're continuously learning. So we asked ourselves, how can we present information that's already there? Yeah. You know, i.e. the supplemental aids, uh, the local designated support information, all of the calculator policy from T, you know, to start. Riveting out. information. It's very, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, it's very, everybody's looking to read Kent. It's trying to find time to read it, and it's, yeah. it's so engaging. Yeah. things that dreams are made of. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the question we asked ourselves is, okay, so how can we get this out there and keep it engaging and make, you know, the information's important, yeah. right? We understood that. But we have to be able, I mean, it's got to be engaging. We have to, right. you know. People learn when things are engaged, when they're engaged with, you know, they can, so, yeah. And so, and so literally we were sitting down just brainstorming and, and, and we collaborated and it was like, well, just stuff, star stuff. It just kind of, they just kind of took on and it's like, well, you know, we should do this. And people had ideas and, you know, you saw you're seeing little props come in yeah. with skits, you know, people had ideas for, hey, this would be funny, you know, the tweets and things like that. Yes. Um, and so it was really cool. And what we were surprised by was the impact yeah. and how, you know, um, how impactful and widespread it became because we started, I mean, a video, just think about it, social media, it's a really it's popular, it's powerful, it's a powerful tool yeah. when used correctly, uh, you know, and, and so it's just spread. It went from, you know, 200 views to like, couple thousand and now things like it's seven or eight thousand amazing yeah uh, so you are a superstar well that and that's just not my video i think i got lucky with the topic i was talking uh, about like math supplemental aids i mean oh my gosh you yes. know math teachers need this stuff it's information they want to know you know but it's relevant information yes. and it's important information not only for our students i mean for our teachers but for our students yeah and so just talking about you know star stuff um, you may not see any videos coming out anytime soon, but definitely look for some stuff starting in the fall. And they can, right before school starts. Listeners so. can still access those Absolutely. if they're trying to kind of. Absolutely. Yeah, there are the, the Region 13's Facebook page, and also there's a YouTube channel. Yeah. You just, if you just search for star stuff. Pam, hey, I bet we could drop a link in, in the uh, podcast uh, as well. We can. Yeah, Absolutely. but what? But I think the lesson that's learned from this is that information can be presented in multiple ways. Yes. And it can be presented if you very succinct about the message you're sending and you can do it in a very timely, efficient way. Yeah. It's still as engaging. Uh, that's just as impactful as a lesson that you're presenting for a whole hour. Yeah. And if it's something that's, and I love this tool because 
I always tell teachers, look at this as a model for how you can present information to your students. Absolutely. And it's there for them all the time. Just think if you had a whole lesson uh -huh. in the summer, you and your teachers, your fellow co-teachers sat, you know, math, all the math teachers got together and made two to three minute videos on how to, you know, modeling an, uh, a hard to grasp concept that, you know, you take the data, you disaggregate the data, you find those teachers that students are struggling with, and then yep. you say, we're going to do a little video about this one right here, and the kids are going to have access to it all the time. Kids would And you it. chunk it back, you spiral it down, and you do the, you know, all that stuff, you do it on video, and it's there. Yeah. And yes. the great thing is it's two to three minutes, yeah. and it doesn't take a lot of time yes. for that teacher or for anyone to just... Yeah, right. I think I'm going to... Hey, forget this. Don't worry about it. I'll do it. Uh, it'll be for sale soon. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a great idea. But those, those videos are free. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. No, the, everything that the ESC produces like that is free. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's amazing. So looking... Kind of go moving from star stuff. Yeah. Back to you're getting us back on schedule. Back, back to, yes. Okay, yes. here we go. The fun's over, guys. Now get serious. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's my role here. <laughs> 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 exactly. Is there anything else you want our listeners to know about the reading writing connection for special education literacy as we wind down? One thing I do want them to know is although we have uh, crafted questions on there. There is one other area for them if they just have additional information they want to provide, provide it for us because there may be something we're missing and we're designing this for our LEAs. And so it is not about what we want them to have. It's about what they say that they need. Okay. And so that's the big piece. So filling out the survey, if something is on here that does not meet your needs, write that response in there about additional information you want to provide to us because we want to make sure we're, we're targeting um, the different school sizes. We're targeting uh, the different needs of the teachers. Um, yeah. And just every their knowledge base, just everything. So we just want that information just so we can move forward with it. So definitely look for this in your email. Um, if you don't see it, maybe ask your principal or, you know, your SPED director or, you know, whoever, just so, you know, we can, uh, yeah. we can get that that feedback. Yeah, and if you're listening to the podcast, absolutely go to the podcast cover and, and look at the episode link because we'll have links to it in there. And one of the things, um, if we could just uh, maybe have our email address linked to it in case they don't receive the um, email or something like that from their district, they can just email us directly. We can send the, the survey link out to them. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's another option as well. So you don't have to wait for someone to send it to you. You just mm. Request it. We'll and it. Yeah. lastly, just thank you in advance. We know you are surveyed out. <laughs> Surveys going all the time. This will definitely not take all of your time. So, but we appreciate it's all the, the feedback. It's yeah. only about five questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that you're you're really trying to um, get information. You know, for the the diversity of schools across the state. I mean, we have such a large state. There's so much diversity that we have the huge Houston ISDs and we have the itty bitties, and so. I think our small worlds for so long have kind of felt like they hadn't had a voice and it felt like maybe they were forgotten. And, um, and I know that it's really cool now that with our small rural uh, network that's been created, like we're really, I think at the state level and at the regional level, really trying to re realize possibilities for our small rural schools. And so I can tell you in Central Texas, that's it's really important to a lot of our schools, but we're small and rural across the state. Exactly. Right? And one of the things I do want to kind of target are for those Teachers who may be uh, working at low-performing schools and things like that, they may not have 
the professional development availability. This is just another avenue for you to receive some professional development without necessarily having to go through your principles or whatever other kind of uh, tracks that you normally have to go through for professional development. So this is a type of independent learning. For kind you. of some su supplemental uh, professional development that's very purpose-driven and, and specific. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'll tell you what, I really enjoy the podcast format you guys yeah, use. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think it's a great it's way, especially utilizing all of the different voices that we have here as liaisons, which, you know. Pack full of talent. And uh, we're just getting started, I feel like. Yeah, right? I, th I think Absolutely. so. And and so the message I say to all the listeners, your listeners, is just uh, be aware, you know, that you have people in your region. They may not be in your town or your city. Uh, but that are willing to travel and come to you to help. Yes. And uh, this is just one reminder of that. So yes. thank you guys. I hope that in the future you guys come back on and maybe update people on where you're at in the project, maybe mm -hmm. when you've got things to roll out or during that stage, come back on and share additional insights, lessons learned, and, and potentially how to get to those resources. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you all for being here. All we right. appreciate all right, it. Thank you. Living in the moment and the moment is the future